One thing I love about worship is we all get to be active participants, don't we? And um, I'm singing, and I feel this tap on my shoulder. I bite my tongue. It's, it's Jason giving me a new battery. He's just like, so I don't know if you've ever done that, bit your tongue while you're singing. So that's part of the active participation I had today. Um, but it is, it is great to be in worship and active participants together, singing together, being in communion together, praying together, and yes, even in our sermon time. You know, sometimes we think, well, sermon time, we get to sit back and relax and watch the slides go by, and, and I'll kind of listen or may make out my wish list or my checklist for the week, but uh, if there's something about God's Word that we need to be active participants in today, anytime we're exposed to the Word of God. So I, I hope today that you'll just say a little short prayer that you'll open your heart and your minds and be willing to receive what God has for you today. Maybe you'll even want to be on your own device or attendance card and write down the scriptures that you see today and look at them sometime this week because the Word of God is the truth that will set you free, amen? Uh, the Word of God is the one that never returns. It's always effective, never returns void. And the Word of God is always able to prepare us for every good work, only if, only when you apply it. So it's very important that we learn how to apply it, how we, how we put this into action, because it's not going to happen to us automatically. Just kind of be passive about it. Uh, it's something that we have to be actively engaged in and bring our energy to and our effort, our intention, but it's really by God's grace, by the Holy Spirit that transforms us more and more into the power of Jesus Christ and more and more like the image of Christ. And the Word of God primarily changes us from the inside out. It's an inside out change. I think about Hebrews 4.12 where it talks about God's Word being alive. It's alive and it's active. Isn't that wonderful? It's not a history book. It's not something written a long time ago. We just kind of make a reference journal. But it's alive and it's active today. I think about how the Word of God is so active in terms of that we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. We find out through the Word of God that we have assurance that He blesses us. Word of God builds our character. Word of God is alive and active as it comforts us and convicts us and challenges us and converts us. The Word of God gives us the ability to discern between thoughts and intentions of the heart. It draws us near to God, doesn't it? The Word of God, it draws us near to God, enables us, encourages us, equips us. We find our forgiveness in God. We find the grace of God. The Word of God is alive and active because in the way that it allows us to handle troubles and trials and temptations. That Word of God is like a double-edged sword in terms of how it inspires me and at the same time will motivate me and convict me. It's one that will lead me in the right direction. It leads me to repentance. It's the one that leads me to learn how to serve others. In terms of the power of God, it exposes me to. I think about how the Word of God purifies me. The Word of God is living and active in the way that it strengthens me. The Word of God is active in the way that it's planted in me. It's the Word that can save my soul how it transforms me more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. And those are just a few of the ways that when we activate God's Word, how God's Word works in our life. So today I want to challenge you as you're listening and be a participant, not a spectator, to the Word of God today, that you'll find something, something from these scriptures that we use today that will be very practical and helpful in your daily walk. Here's a picture, one of my favorite pictures. It's a picture of a cemetery. Do you see that cemetery? It's a very old cemetery. In fact, the person that you can see uh, next to that tree there, 
died at 95 years old. I've, it may be a family cemetery. But what you notice there in that cemetery is that over a period of time, it doesn't look the way it did originally, right? For in that cemetery where there are people that are dead, there's now life that has grown, isn't there? Out of this grave that was there and probably well taken care of for many, many years, now that little seed of a tree found an opening in that concrete, and over a period of time, gradually and slowly, worked its way into the dirt, worked its way up through the concrete, through the crack, eventually created this strong tree that now there's life where there was death. It's just a vivid reminder to me of what God does for us. I didn't know what Dave was going to sing today, but the resurrected Christ is resurrecting me. So that's a great reminder of what God does for us. And I want us to be challenged by that today and think about this image, and you'll see it quite often in the, in the background, almost transparent in several of our slides today. And here's our lesson today. I want us to learn how to grow through what we go through. To grow through what we go through. All of us are going through something. We all may go through a storm this week. It might be a hurricane. It looks pretty rough. But seriously, it, it's a pretty, uh, one of those times of uncertainty. We're all going to go through something. I look out here today and I think of the, just the past few months, the different things that so many are going through. We're always going through something. We're going through pain or we're going through loss or reversal. We're going through setbacks or problems or troubles. Uh, we're going through uncertainty or we're going through health issues. We're going through work situations. We're going through relationships. We're going through a time when the bills don't meet the budget. It's blown the budget all to pieces. And we oftentimes ask people, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm getting by. I'm going through these things. I'm making it. Pretty tired, though, pretty discouraged, kind of worn out, be glad when it's over, not sure if it's ever going to be over with. Is that the way we talk to each other about the things we go through? And we're constantly talking about that. Do you recognize that God's Word has something to say about the things we go through? And it's exactly the opposite of what we speak and confess. God does not want you to get through it. God does not want you to be worn out by it. Rather, God's Word tells us over and over again, I'm going to teach you how to grow through what you're going through. How to grow through what you're going through. I think about this, this chapter in Isaiah 61, verse 3. nation of Israel is about to be just demolished. It's been unfaithful for centuries. And God says, he's enough's enough. But there's a remnant. And as he's about to destroy the nation, he gives a promise. And what he tells them is, as you're about to go through this, I want you to learn from this. And what I'm going to show you is, as you're mourning over the loss of your nation, I'm going to show you that I'm going to give you a crown of beauty for your ashes. I'm going to give you a joyous blessing for your mourning. And for your despair, I'm going to give you a festive grace. In your righteousness, I'm going to make you like a great oak that the Lord has planted for his own glory. That's my prayer for you. When we grow through what we go through, this is what God promises us. So the next time you go through something, or if you're about to go through something today, let's handle this the way God wants us to handle it, okay? Are you with me? This is the way God wants us to handle it. Instead of complaining and being overwhelmed and worn out and feeling defeated, let's, let's do it God's way. Let's do it God's way. And what God wants us to know is that he will allow us to grow through whatever we go through. And that he will crown us, that he'll give us joy, 
He'll give us praise. And he will plant us like a tree where there was defeat and death. There will be life and victory. And that's what he wants us to know. In Proverbs, it tells us that, you know, all of us will endure sickness. If we live long enough on this planet, we all get sick of something and we're all going to die of it. Right? Isn't that encouraging? Or an accident or whatever. But if we live, we're going to what? Die. Unless Jesus comes back before then. So that's just the way it is. The human spirit is designed to endure sickness. Because we know we have to handle that. But in the process, if we lose our spirit and we're crushed by what's going, what we're going through, you can't endure it. You cannot bear anything you're going through if you have a crushed spirit, depressed, despair, overwhelmed, feel like you can't do anything with it. And so you have this opportunity that God wants us to see if you're going to grow through what you're going through, you're probably going to have to help yourself. Through God's strength. David, just a few days before he became king, with his 600 men, experienced the worst defeat of his entire career at that point. It was a horrible defeat. The 600 men and David returned to the land where, where their people were and discovered that their women and children had been taken off, their wealth was gone, and it says they wept until they could weep no more. Have you ever been there? They were so full of despair, overly distressed, and then they got angry. And guess who they took the anger out on? David. And so we're going to stone David. You know what David did? 1 Samuel 30 tells you, David encouraged himself in the strength of the Lord. David had been through so many things in his life. He'd grown through what he'd gone through that now he's gone through. He, was, he wept. He could weep no more. He's distressed. He says, No. I'm not going to have a crushed spirit. I'm going to endure this. I'm going to encourage myself in the strength of the Lord. And he did so. And guess what? He encouraged the 600 men around him. And they took back what was theirs. And a few days later, David became king. Oh, how close. How close. They missed out. Might have missed out on the blessing that God had. Amen? So don't let what you're going through crush your spirit. God, I'm not going to be crushed by this. I'm going to grow in this, what I'm going through. Now, sometimes when we see this, we understand the promise of God again. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God has made this promise to you. I hope you believe it. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So you must say it. Speak it with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. See that? Do you believe that promise? What you're going through right now? God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. I'm not going to speak words of defeat. I'm not going to speak words of bitterness and complaining. The Lord is my helper. I am not going to be afraid. I'm going to grow through what I'm going through. And that's what God has promised us. Now listen. Those times when you feel that way, it's easy to say from the pulpit. It's easy to say amen from the pew. But when you're going through times when you're questioning whether God is there and God is forsaken, those are tough times. My own personal experience is the silence of God is deafening. It is deafening. Why am I not hearing anything? Why am I making no progress? 
Why do I feel like this is a setback? Why do I feel like this is something that's going to pull me down and drag me down? Why, why is it that, God, why aren't you answering me? And so how can I, in this whole situation, understand? And it takes an incredible amount of trust and obedience and faith to recognize, I don't know. But I know the one who's told me this. He will not leave me. He will not forsake me. And what I'm going through right now, I'm going to grow through it. Because God must have something in mind. I don't know what it is. But what I'm thinking about is far worse. (laughs) So I'm going to get on God's plan and do it God's way. Now, I think one of the greatest conversations you ever have is when you have a conversation with your adult child about the God, Word of God, and faith. A few weeks ago, our youngest, uh, a few days ago, our youngest son, Chase, and I were having breakfast together. Uh, my son, Chase, the last few months, as he's moving up in his company, he's discovering that as you move with opportunities, there's always greater obstacles. And so he's hitting some of those obstacles. And he was talking about it the other day. And this was such a beautiful conversation to me as a dad. He goes, you know, Dad, sometimes God moves mountains by faith. I get that. And sometimes we'll part the Red Sea. But he says, you know, for the most part, he makes us go through it. Kind of like those three guys that, in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go. Now, that's, <laughs> that's the way I always said to them growing up, away we go. But it's kind of a little inside joke. And he said, those guys had no clue. They're being faithful to God. They're doing the right thing. And now the king of the time decides to build this furnace and throw anyone in there that won't bow down and worship the king. They refuse to do that. And so what does the king does? He makes the, the furnace seven times hotter. He bounds them up. And he says, I'm going to throw you in the fire unless you will bow down to me. And they said, no, not even sure if you're able to do that. But we will not bend, we will not bow, and we're not going to burn. <laughs> That's the way they felt. And so God did not rescue them from the fire, but they had to go through the fire. And when they're in that fire... There is no hair singed. The clothes are not singed. They don't even smell like fire. And there's an angel in there, a fourth man in there, protecting them and shielding them through the fire. And they came out of that fire free, unbounded, and they were promoted. They were promoted. Now, sometimes in our lives, just listen to this, and this is the beauty that the connection he made. Sometimes if we're looking at the obstacles, why am I going through this? We miss the purpose. And the purpose is to prepare us for the very next thing. We grow through what we go through. Now, sometimes, though, in terms of what we go through, God is hiding you. Do you realize that? Have you ever been hidden by God in plain sight? I love this passage from Psalms 27, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Sometimes God will hide you in order to protect you. What you're going through, you're frustrated by, and you see as a setback or a failure, and God says, no, I'm just hiding you for the time being. I'm going to hide you. I'm going to put you in my tent, or I'm going to set you on a rock so when people are trying to throw rocks at you, they can't even get to you. You're so high up, they can see you, but they can't get to you. I'm going to hide you. I'm going to hide you. I love this part about what God sometimes does when we're going through things that we're frustrated by and don't understand and brings worry and fear. We realize looking back, oh, God was hiding me. He was protecting me. 
in Fayetteville, Tennessee, uh, one of the main factories there was making blue jeans. And in the 90s, after the NAFTA agreement, so many factories throughout the United States moved to Mexico. There was a young man that was working with a family that was attending the Washington Street Church of Christ. We were there. He had been out of a job for many, many months. Many months. Had gone through all the difficulties of that. But what he would do was he would come by the church during the day and say, anything I can do? Anything needs to be done? Can I help out? Can I repair? Can I put bulletins out? Whatever. Does anyone need to be visited? And he would do this. And he would pray about it and talk about it. Say, I know I'm just going to trust God. We're going to keep doing what the right thing is. And he got this job at the Blue Jean Factory. Last one hired in, or one of the last ones hired in. And within just a matter of a couple of months, they announced they were closing the plant and moving to Mexico. And they were doing it in a series of layoffs. And he realized that usually what happens is the first one in, or the last one is the first one out. And so every day he's thinking, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to me. And he saw people laid off and plants shutting down. And day after day went by, he's still there. In plain sight, working, thinking, well, I guess whatever God you have in store for me, I'll probably be tomorrow. And he lived like that for a couple of months or so. It was probably, I think, more like six months. He was one of the last people that the factory had there when they shut it down. But just prior to shutting down, God had sent him a job in Columbia, Tennessee, about 45 minutes away. That was a better job and a better promotion. All through that time, worried, concerned, trusting, obeying. God's going to get me through this. God will find a way. I'm going to do it God's way. That's what he would always say. And God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Man, sometimes you think, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Have you ever happened? How did I get through that? God was hiding you. God was, it wasn't because of your talent. It wasn't because of your ability. It's not because they needed you more than anybody else. God hiding you, protecting you when you're faithful unto him. And I love that. We grow through what we go through, and that's what God promises us in Romans 8. Listen, in Romans 8, he says, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Not everything that happens to us is good. There's a lot of things we go through that are not good at all, but God always loves to work his good in anything. Amen? And we have to believe that and recognize it. They're painful things. They're suffering things. But listen, God is saying, if you will stay with me, you'll learn some things. You'll gain the experience that you need and the purpose that you need because I am preparing you for the very next step. I'm preparing you for what lies ahead. And that's so important. So how do we do that? Well, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we need to fix our eyes on what not on what is seen, but, what is un, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Don't look at what you're going through. Look at the one who's going to get you through it. Don't look at the things that are happening and saying, oh, no, I don't know how I'm going to do this and have a bad attitude about it and complain about it, but rather say, no, I'm going to look to God. And God is going to build my character. He's going to give me the strength to endure. He's going to give me empathy for others. And I'm going to come out of this Whenever this is, I'm going to come out learning something that's going to make a a stronger person in the name of the Lord. I'm going to trust in God. Now, let me ask you, when you go through things that are really tough, how many ever get weary? Anyone weary right now, just kind of worn out? I mean, when we go through stuff, we're usually worn out, aren't we? 
That's why Paul says in Galatians 6, let's not become what? Weary. What, what a, I always thought that's such a strange, why would you get weary in doing good? If the devil can't take you down, he'll wear you out. How many of you have experienced that? Devil can't take you out, he'll wear you out. And so if you're weary and you get weary physically and emotionally and mentally, it affects you spiritually. You lose your temper. You lose your patience. You lose your joy. You lose your joy. So those kids that used to be a joy to you, get them in the next room. Can grandma come down for a few days? The job, the work that you used to really enjoy, get me through this day. Stressed out, weary, bone weary. And what happens is when we're weary physically and mentally and emotionally from what we're going through, it affects us spiritually. I'm not going to go to worship anymore. Nothing's happening. I've I, I, I got to figure things out on my own. Nothing's happening. You hear that? When you speak it, it you see how silly it sounds, doesn't it? It's, it's the words of a person worn out. You're just tired. You're burned out. You're just tired. You're burned out. And you'll see it later, but you can't see it right now. It's kind of a blind spot. Are you with me? And so here it is. We become weary in doing good. So now we're doing the right things. <laughs> oh, I got to take the meal to somebody. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And we're complaining about the things that used to give us joy. And all we're doing is complaining about everything. And we're doing good but for the wrong results and having the wrong results. And the result is, it's kind of like Moses and Jethro. Moses was counseling and helping the people hour after hour, day after day. And his father-in-law Jethro came for a visit. And here's what Jethro told Moses. He said, you're worn out and you're wearing the people out. What do you mean by that? Well, you're stressed out, you're worried, you're complaining about what you're doing, and you, you think you're doing the right thing, but man, people know that you're worn out and you're stressed out and you're putting it on them, so when they're coming for advice from you, they're worn out too. You got all these other people around you, have all these gifts that can contribute, and you're doing yourself. You're, you're not helping anybody. You're not helping yourself. You're wearing yourself out. You need to learn to depend and help upon others. So when in our own lives, when the things that are good... We're weary doing, there's a hint that we're just getting through it. Grow through what you're going through, and God will give you that strength. Don't let the devil take you down, and don't let the devil wear you out. But give it over to God, and God will give you new strength. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the ability to cope, to cope. And cope's a very powerful term, to cope and he'll give you the peace and the creativity to find a better way. Because it's not working, is it? And God will give you the way that's the right way. I love what it says in Isaiah 40, verse 29. Let's just stay here for verse, I mean, verse 28. The Lord does not grow tired or what? Weary. You can't wear God out. God's not going to be tired or weary about it. Bring it to him. Because why? Verse 29. The Lord gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Do you believe that? We can bring everything we have to God and God because he's never weary of it. And to the weary, he gives strength physically, emotionally, and mentally. 
which creates strength spiritually as well, to cope and to trust and enjoy the day more. He gives power to the weak. When you're overwhelmed, you're overlooked, you're overworked, he brings this power to you. And he gives you experience, he gives you wisdom, he gives you understanding, he gives you strength for the time. And so he gives us this peace. And so the things that you used to be worried about are really wearing you out. You turn over to God, and then all of a sudden, it may be gradual, you know, that doesn't bother as much as it used to. Ever had that experience? The things that used to bother you that you were going through, well, I got a certain peace about it. That just didn't happen. Are you with me? You turned it over to God. Grow through what you're going through. And so he continues in verse 30. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Oh, how we always wish to be 10 years younger. How we exaggerate our youth. Man, when I was you, I was carefree and had all this energy and very little stress and took each day at a time and hit a ball 500 feet, throw a football 600 yards and <laughs> skateboard off Niagara Falls and just... You know, never had a bone that ached and never broke a thing, never had anything. And man, when I was young, I had all the energy in the world. I never fell. I never stumbled. Man, I enjoyed. I wish I was 10 years younger. Oh, how we exaggerate. Oh, how we exaggerate. And we look at all those things and we realize, you know what? When I was young, I got weary. I was tired. I made a ton of mistakes. I fell a lot. I'd have to wish I'm 40 years younger to get back to it. But the point is, the things I've learned and the experiences that I now have, I don't want to go back to when I was younger. I have grown through some of the things that I've gone through, and I've wasted some things I've gone through. And I've learned from that as well. How about you? The man that came here 20 years, some odd years ago, to this congregation, my young family, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. Some of you are saying amen. <laughs> I get it. I look back. I'm thankful for the mature people in this congregation that's helped trim me and train me and get me through some things. I look forward to the next 20 years here and see how I'm going to grow again if the Lord provides, if the Lord prepares. You've grow tired and weary, so don't wish back to when you were healthy or wish back to when you were in your 20s. No, don't wish. God says there's something better. Verse 31, you can hope. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's the God who says... You can grow through what you're going through, and at times I will make you soar over the storm. At times I will give you the strength to run from the temptation, and other times I'm going to be with you so that you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you will fear no evil, for I know, God, you are with me. With me. Lord, teach me to grow through what I'm going through so I can soar when I need to soar, run when I need to run, and walk when I need to walk. And this is so powerful. It's so important for us to learn that we just don't get through the stuff of life. But it's essential that we learn how to grow through what we go through because do you know that God uses people like you 
to help others who are going through things like you are. In 2 Corinthians, the God of all comfort comforts us in our troubles. See? Why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So in my troubles, God says, I'm going to teach you. I'll give you strength. I'm going to encourage you. But I'm not leaving it with you. You're growing through what you're going through so you can have empathy to turn around and help others, to comfort them with what I have. And that's the beauty. Will you grow through what you've gone through? Will you do that? Are you challenged by God's word today to do that? Have you been challenged by God's word today to grow through what you go through? I hope so. And what I want to leave you today is a prayer from that second verse we read today. And it's my prayer that God will work this in your life. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Father, help us to grow through what we're going through. We pray that we will receive a crown of beauty for our ashes, a joyous blessing for our mourning, a festive praise for our despair. Help us to be righteous before you, Father, and turn us into great oaks through the resurrection power of Christ that you will plant for your glory. Help us, Father, to grow what we go through. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We always leave our lesson on Sunday morning with an invitation. It's an invitation to be baptized in Jesus Christ, to find out how to become a member of this congregation, or if you'd like for us to pray with you today. As we sing this next song, make your way to the front pew, and we would be glad to help you with that. Let's stand and sing that song together right now. <laughs>